This is Developer SideQuests, the podcast, the show that highlights the different ways we all level up our software development skill set. I'm your party leader, Al Rodriguez, and today we're chatting with another player character, Roberta Barbosa. The beach walk is one of the activities Roberta Barbosa does to unwind. The breeze renews her energy and gives the motivation to develop web applications and inspiration for new business ideas. Additionally, she has been in the IT industry for 28 years, from systems administration to help desk support to systems firewall administration to software development slash technical project management and entrepreneurship. Currently, she works as a senior software architect slash project manager for an investment services company in West Palm Beach and has a part-time online gift business. You can contact her through Twitter at Berta Barbosa and on her Facebook page, Arberta Barbosa. So, uh, really quickly, uh, Roberta, welcome to the show, uh, and I'm very excited to, to talk to you because you have 28 years of experience in, in IT in the, the, this whole field, and you're still working on something to, to level up your skill set, something new. There, there's always new technologies, and I'm, I'm very excited, so I'm, I'm very glad that you're, you're here on the show today. Thank you very much for having me. I'm very excited to, to join you in this podcast, uh, and that's right. Um, I would say that what I can share about these 28 years of experience is that I haven't had a, a downtime ever as far as learning goes, which is very exciting. Every day we learn new things. Every day is something there is something to explore. So, and I have chosen IT for this reason too. We are always learning and building great things, and we always need to keep going. And what I have learned throughout those years is that companies hire us for what we know instead of hire us for what we know plus our potential. Oh, yeah, that's that's definitely important. Um, I've never been in the position to hire someone, but every so often I'll, I'll try to go online and you know read different things. And, and one of the consensus of the uh, items that I always hear is, you know, you it's important to hire people who do know technology, but at the same time, you want to hire people also who have the ability to keep learning because eventually that skill set we have now is is going to be legacy and it's not going to be as important. Absolutely. And um, it is unfortunate that they hire people with so much potential. And what happens is, and then if you if you repeat yourself, all the time. So in companies also, they don't update their, their technologies as often as they should. Do you agree? Have have experienced the same same thing? Yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. I mean, it's it's one of those things that it's it's definitely a, you know, catch 22 sort of sort of deal, right? You know, sometimes uh, something needs definitely needs to be updated in some way. Uh, we have, you know, tech debt over decades of an application being around, but other times it's just seen as a cost. And that's an unfortunate reality of, of the business. And, and, you know, it's, it's something that should happen right. more often. And, and than, it's, than it's it definitely, as I said, it's, it's really, it's, it's sad. And uh, with that too, what most of the, the time it forces us to look somewhere else. And, and I, I, I truly believe that the more technologies we know as generalists, the better problem solvers we, we are. And, and perhaps I have experienced recently a case where a developer decided to implement Angular because that's what he knew. And because the company didn't have any other way to use his full potential, so a simple project perhaps became something complicated to maintain. And in that case, just an MVC a solution will, will work well. 
so the conclusion of this is companies please help us to use our potential and stay put in your company and learn and please keep us with the uh, pushing us to learn more and different things and, and definitely it will be paid off oh definitely yeah yeah i've i mean I've, I've been in that situation before right you know we we see the shiny new thing online and we want to play with it but at the same time it's it's not really the useful thing in that situation we're just kind of shoehorning that technology because you know we're, we're given a little bit of free reign and we want to play with this but it's it's nice to do something different, right? We don't want to do that exact same thing. Yeah, absolutely. So, okay, Roberta. Um, so tell us about your quest. So what is the, the project here that, that you, you came to talk about? So my quest is a blog engine, uh, which goal is to build uh, as a platform to help my business and personal brand. So I started this project way back to level up my skills using Microsoft ASP.NET Web Forms. And recently, I started to play with .NET Core. So I converted that, that blog engine into uh, Microsoft MVC. I used the uh, Core version 1, Core version 2, and now I'm using Core version 3 re uh, preview. And I would say, well, the project is Core version 3. However, the MVC library is still version 2.2. And also in this project, I'm using the Entity Framework Core 2.2, uh, Microsoft SQL, and MySQL databases. And I also have a project uh, for testing and testing. So um, I'm using XUnit for that. And um, later when I have the UI ready, I'm going to create the WebDriver test for Edge project. And one comment also uh, on the MVC side, I, I'm, I'll be using Summer Note, which is an open source uh, uh, plugin that is, is really sweet, actually. And um, after I have this done, and I'll definitely will be waiting for uh, the .NET Core last release, final release, I'll be hosting it at GoDaddy. I'll have, I have two services with them. One is the, the hosting... Um, the web hosting economy, which is for my personal brand. And the other one is the deluxe plan for my business. Okay. So, so there, there is a lot involved with, with this project. So, so this blog engine project that you said, what, what exactly is the, the purpose of this? Or I guess, um, how, how does it work? Like if, if you were to go and create i I'm, I'm assuming it's something like you create a single blog entry and then uh, that's probably typed up in, in one form and then it's it gets transformed in some way and turned into an html document that that you host or or is it something completely different and i'm just way off into the weeds um i, I guess as a user how would someone go about uh using this, this application well this is um it, it's very simple very simple concept it, it's just you, you enter the information and it's saving to the database um and then the mvc will pull through the mvc um you web application and and then once you are on the homepage, that will show as an item, and then you click, and then that article will be pulled from the database and and display um, very a very simple uh, dynamic there. Um, what's interesting in this putting this together, however, was the these little pieces. Perhaps uh, because I'm hosting with GoDaddy, 
I will need to find out the, the right solution in this case. So I, I, will, I needed to find out the database is available. So in this case, GoDaddy has, for the deluxe version, they have more MySQL databases available than uh, Microsoft SQL. So in that case, I needed to create a, when I created a project, I created with um, using the repository pattern. This way I can't switch to the database that is appropriate for that, let's say blog instance. And um, since I'm going to create two blogs, one for my business and one for my my personal brand and two separate hosting, I would say uh, the library will be used by both. Um, and the UI, however, is being created separate because they're, I'm not doing a kind of a multi-tenant blog in this case because I don't have uh, I don't have a platform, let's say a hot web a little limited. So in that in that case, I needed to uh, I found a way that okay. So since I have two different hosts, and since I can create multiple, I can create even I might create three blogs on the the, the business side. So probably using the MySQL and that um, on the deluxe plan and on the personal brand, I'm gonna be using the the Microsoft SQL. But the cool thing about this is I can use any database. Later on, I can create a new project uh, for entity framework using Postgres, perhaps. And then I can, this will be available if I needed to switch to Postgres later on and so forth. Got it. Wow. Okay. So, so a couple of things here to, to unpack. Um, so I, I guess the first thing I really want to bring up is you had mentioned the, the GoDaddy hosting plan. So uh, you're saying that this is something that you use that, that gives you, I'm, I'm assuming it's probably like this whole package that has some hosting for the website. And it also has some number of uh, different databases that you can access with your application, some Microsoft SQL and some MySQL. Yes. So on the economy plan for GoDaddy, Windows host web hosting, they have, uh, you can create one site, one website for the economy package. Um, it, they give you 100 gigabytes of storage, 10 MySQL databases, one gigabyte each, and one Microsoft SQL database with 200 megabytes. And on the deluxe, deluxe uh, plan, however, they they give you unlimited websites. So you create any, any numbers of websites you need, any number of websites you need, um, um, metered storage. Besides, I saw the terms and conditions is not quite that way. So the limit will be five hundred thousand files in, in that plan. Um, also, they give you twenty five MySQL databases, one gigabyte each, and two Microsoft SQL databases, two hundred megabytes. So in that case, for this deluxe version, I can create. Let's say if I have three businesses and I need. A blog for each business. I can use. I can leverage on the the MySQL database, and let's say for my my gift store, I can create a shopping cart and host it using the Microsoft SQL. In, in that case, so which is a separate project. So these this will give me flexibility to create as many projects I I need. In this case, I would think twenty seven projects. I would do like for each project one database. That that would be my limit. I'll put myself a limit on this. But it's quite it's a quite interesting resource right there because you pay once a year. Uh, they they increase the price a little bit um, from the time I subscribe. They give they give me a price and then re renewal was another price. But I don't think it's gonna be 
as bad as if I put in Azure, because right now I don't, I'm not generating any revenue from this. So putting in Azure right now to me will be a huge risk because if you, I start getting people accessing that website or that blog, I might, I might surpass the, the price I'm paying for GoDaddy. So, so this is um, really interesting. So, you know, I'm, I'm very used to doing, you know, cloud type of things with Azure and, I know that there are lots of different types of, you know, cloud hosting or just hosting in general sorts of uh, sorts of uh, pro- properties out there, and I I did not know that GoDaddy has anything uh, like this. And I'm you know not to turn this into an advertisement for GoDaddy, but uh, this sounds very interesting. And it's you know it's one of those things that as humans we we do this with other things, right? If we if we see some item that we want to buy, maybe we'll shop around, maybe we'll try to find a good price somewhere. But I never think about that from the perspective of technology. And for something like a small business, like what you're you're making this for, this sounds like a, a great thing for you uh, because it's it's a one time price. And as long as you know you can uh, create the application to work within those parameters, it's it's probably a perfect solution. You know exactly what the cost is going to be, and you don't have to worry about you know all of a sudden getting you know scary. Uh, you know, high bill, which can very, very easily happen with other cloud hosting providers, because if they're pay per use, then you're you're always a little bit scared that you're gonna end up paying for a lot more use than you than you mean to or want to. It's just that it's kind of scary, and then your pocket. Oh, can I pay this bill? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, you you also mentioned a, a few other things that uh, for this project that I kind of want to bring up. Um, so you mentioned Summer Note. So it's a plugin um, developed in jQuery. It's an open source plugin um, developed using jQuery and Bootstrap. So you can, um, so in that case for the blogging, so my, my post will be written in using that that plugin. So it's a test, text editor. It's really neat and it's very simple to, um, to plug into your application as well. Okay, gotcha. All right, so it's it's part of the front end side of the application for, for actually writing that up. Cool. All right. Uh, so you had also mentioned that for this project, you you've added some uh, some UI testing, uh, and you had mentioned WebDriver and Selenium, I believe. Oh, is that Microsoft? Actually, uh, Microsoft, with, at least with the core three, I could see that um, you can create a, a WebDriver test project, and that one was developed for uh, for the Edge, the the browser. And then you can, on the code behind, create the, the tests uh, for the test cases, automating those tests uh, through through this project. So perhaps you launch the uh, you call the browser through the code behind, and you do all your asserts and, and all of those those tests uh, through the the code behind as well. So it's pretty neat. I believe the uh, Selenium because the the web driver is an API defined by the W3C, right? So Selenium has their own version, and then now it seems that Microsoft has their own too. And it's it's not version the same thing as the Selenium's version. There was a time long ago where I uh, had to get a little bit uh, specific with Selenium. So I don't know how things have changed since then. Um, But I do know that every web browser, I guess, has their own um, driver implementation, I guess. That's probably something. And that hooks into... The actual testing. So, are you saying that you're using Selenium 
to test and you're using specifically the uh, web driver for Microsoft's Edge browser? I did Selenium in the past as well, the web driver. And um, at that time I was doing it for Chrome because the company was something with the company, if I'm not mistaken. And now um, Microsoft, we don't need to go out of our ways to, to do that because we can create the project on the Microsoft, the, the Visual Studio solution right there, um, which is called WebDriver for, for Edge. And, and then you can start coding. Now, it seems that uh, I saw some instructions they give you to, um, to look at the version of the Edge HTML. And then from that version, you need to install the web driver. It's a file they have available on, the, on their website. So in addition to the project, it seems that you needed to match with the version of your Edge browser. Okay, got it. So that sounds uh, that's pretty simple, at least, to get started with it for, for creating those projects. Absolutely. All right. So now that you have this, this application that, that you've worked on for, for some amount of time, um, are you at a, a 1.0? Are you close to like a 1.0 release? Or what's the, I guess, what's the future of this application? I'm thinking in, uh, I believe in a, in a month because I need to finish my unit testing. Um, and also I want to create the use cases for the UI that I haven't even started yet. And, and then going forward with version one, I'm going to wait for Microsoft to release the latest version, well, the final version of uh, .NET Core 3. And then I'll be able to deploy to, to production using the, the, the GoDaddy uh, hosting. And then from there, once I have that working, I'm going to have a plan for that too, like version 2.0, which is implement uh, Microsoft Lewis, uh, which is the AI part. So I want to implement the uh, chatbot bot in, this, um, in this blog engine. And see how that will will turn out. Okay, that's that sounds like a lot of fun. So I've heard of Lewis before, but I've never really worked with it. So that's an Azure service for uh, determining, I guess, uh, using some AI stuffs, whatever you know, whatever magic is involved with that, to uh, understand exactly what a a user is typing or saying. Right, right. It seems that um, because we needed to enter the intent, and then there's some keywords that. Um, it, it, the, the machine learning will, will pick up according to the phrase that the user will type in. So perhaps the, the given example, if you want to book to um, to find out about the, the weather, so you say weather in, I would say, Sao Paulo. And then, um, so the machine learning will match the Sao Paulo with the, the intent and then will bring the, the results um, according to that that intent. Gotcha. Okay. So, what is the the purpose of using Lewis uh, within this this blog hosting application? I'm I'm just curious. Like, what are the applications? And the reason that I ask is because I uh, you know I'm I'm always hearing about AI stuff that you know, and and it always sounds really cool. But I, me as a person, whenever I'm developing something or trying to learn a new technology, I'm always wanting to. Uh, implement it to make it a project because that that's my style of learning by making something and thinking through those types of problems. But with something like AI, I'm always having trouble just thinking of anything, and that's kind of what been one of my blockers forever. Actually, uh, pushing to pushing myself to really learn how that stuff works. So for your project, what is Lewis going to do for the actual project? Like, I guess what what role will it fill? What will a user 
do to actually use this Lewis engine as far as the, the blog goes. Maybe this idea will sound creepy, but the idea will be, let's say they go to a post and then they read the post. So I will kind of uh, calculate the, the average reading time. Then after that time, I will try to pop up Lewis to get it to ask, how did you like this article? Is there something else I can help her with? Something like that. And then this way, if I can record that information the user types in, I can find out more that I can make available in that blog, um, that blog engine as far as content goes. So um, it's it's interacting with the user, maybe a kind of a companion in a way. Hey, are you okay? Are you still with me? I engage the customer or the, the, the user, the, the reader. What else can I do for you? I'm here for you. Something like that. It, it's, it, it, I guess it, it's, it sounds a little creepy, but it, it, it's worth, worth trying to do this, um, this solution there just to uh, to get a feeling if I'm going to scare them away, the users, or if I'm going to um, get more connection through these interactions. Gotcha. Okay. So so basically sentiment analysis, right? So you, you want to see uh, based off of the re- review that the person leaves, uh, are they liking things or, or not? So you, you just want to automate that, right? Make sure something easy where you can remove a, a manual step, less less things humans have to do, right? Absolutely. And make and make them feel comfortable, like, uh, oh, there's something that I can interact with. I'm not alone here just reading this. So that, that kind of a feeling that people have too. Oh, I have kind of a companion, a little companion here with this chatbot. Why not, right? So that, that kind of a feeling um and also the cool thing about this project um this the lewis is uh well cool and also cool the price point here because you can get ten thousand transactions free per month if you need more you need to pay and then it seems to be one dollar fifty cents for a thousand transactions that could be also a little expensive so I want to measure that too. If this is really something that will take off, then I can definitely subscribe and try to generate revenue. Well, before I need to try to generate revenue somehow from this blog, but but at least I can get that feeling. Is really something people wanna wanna interact with, or at this in this case particular case is just once in a blue moon I have someone interacting with Louis. Gotcha. Yeah. And that's at, you, that goes exactly to our conversation, you know, five minutes ago, right? It's it's always a little scary using a, a pay as you go type of service, because if it ends up getting used a lot more than that, that could be uh, really bad for the business. If it's well, if it's used too much, right? If all of a sudden you have a $10,000 bill for a, a side business that doesn't generate anywhere near that, that number. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. Cool. So this this sounds like a, a really fun project. Now, as far as the code for this goes, is this something you're keeping uh, close to yourself, or is this uh, something you're going to uh, package up for other people to use, either as open source or something like a, a NuGet package in .NET or, or anything like that? Initially, I will I will keep it to myself until I find a nice spot where I can share. Definitely, it's my um, going forward. I'm thinking sharing this. Uh, this project with the community. It's just that uh, right now it's so in in an early stage that I think it will not be helpful or uh, will not generate any value right now because to create a new project is so simple in a way, right? So once I have these other pieces together, then I definitely am planning to open to the community. Gotcha. Okay. All right. Well, that sounds uh, that sounds great. 
So it looks like we're um, pretty much out of time, and this was a fun conversation. Before we go, Roberta, is there uh, anything you want to plug, uh, any websites or anything? And also, where can people find you online? Sure. Um, so if you are interested, any of you would like to uh, find out about my online gift store, there is a page that I'm collecting emails. So as soon as I have some products or service, services, I'll definitely reach out to you. Um, the address is www.indulgentgifts.com. And you can also reach out to me at rbrtbarbosa on Facebook or Twitter at Barbosa. And if you have any questions about any any things that we, we discuss here, technology, or even any IT questions from my 28 years of experience, please feel, feel free to reach out to me. Okay, that sounds great. And just a reminder, everyone, uh, we do have, uh, or I do put the uh, links to that information in the show notes, so you can find uh, Roberta's Twitter and Facebook handle, and also the link to her website, indulgentgifts.com. So that is in the show notes. So however you look at the show notes and whatever podcasting application you use, just pull that on up if you want that information. So I guess we'll go ahead and close out. So Roberta, uh, I wish you really good luck on any future quests you work on. And maybe we'll have you back on the show someday to show off all the cool loot you've plundered and everything else you've gotten from leveling up. And until next time, everyone, you can find this show on Twitter. We are at DevSideQuests, or you can go to our website, developersidequestpodcast.com. And if you could pretty, pretty please uh, rate this show in whatever pod listening enchantment you subscribe to, uh, all feedback is welcome. That's honestly the number one way to, to give... Uh, any kind of feedback on any podcast. You know, not just us, everyone else too. So, all right, everyone, go work on a quest. 